The Holy Gospel, according to John, glory to you, O Lord. Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Jesus said again, truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ, and let us pray. Gracious God, send forth your spirit by the power of your word to create faith, to forgive sin, and to grow our love for you and for one another. Amen. Brothers and sisters, the shepherd is calling, speaking to you this morning. There's almost this necessity for us to have our ears opened by the Spirit and to hear. At this time that we find ourselves in, we need the voice of Christ to come and speak to us. We need Psalm 23 to be ringing in our ears because we are in need of the shepherd to walk with us. For us to be able to understand John 10, as we dig into that, we have to go back a few verses because this is coming right after Christ had healed that man born blind and it caused a, a major ruckus. And back in chapter 9, verse 39, Jesus said, I came into the world for judgment in order that those who do not see will see and those who do see will become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and asked him, we aren't blind too, are we? If you were blind, Jesus told them, you wouldn't have sin, but now that you say we see, your sin remains. Here Jesus is speaking and he's announcing the issue that is, that is happening for this man that was born blind to be brought before the religious leaders and the religious leaders to not understand what it is that Christ is doing. And these Pharisees who are, it says they are with Jesus, they, they must have been part of his disciples following him around, trying to learn from, from him. And they assume that in their pharisaical understandings that they are the religious, they're the special, and, and well, we're not blind, Jesus, are we? And he wants to come and speak to us about blindness, about deafness, about not hearing. And so he juxtaposes himself against thieves and robbers. He first talks about this this gate, and about how thieves and robbers climb in another way. It would have been this pen, and there would have been a gate there or, or an opening in a cave, and, and a shepherd or somebody would, would lay across that opening to protect the sheep and to keep the sheep in. Well, thieves could, could if it was a pen, could just climb over the wall and they'd steal the sheep at night. Robbers would be bandits or marauders. They'd come and just kill the shepherd and take the sheep. Well, here he says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep and the gatekeeper opens for him 
and the sheep hear his voice. Well, sheep aren't a commodity to the shepherd. They are beloved by him. For the thieves and the robbers, they're just a commodity. There's something to be stolen, something to be sold. Think of our world today. How often are we treated as commodities? We're treated as people who are to be bought or sold based on whoever has the loudest voice. Whether it be marketing, politicians, news, whatever. And here we are given Christ as one who comes to us to speak to us, to be the voice that we are to hear. The danger that we have in the church is that for many centuries, we, we've taken this text and we've, we've basically then tried to put people in two categories, the sheep and the non-sheep, or, or the sheep and then some other sheep that are not part of, of the sheep of, of Jesus. And that's not what happen, is happening here. Christ is bothered that he has, say, these Pharisees that are following him, but not listening. And he's speaking to them saying, I'm calling you by name. I'm leading you out, he says. And he goes on to say that he brings them all out and he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. That's just amazing to me. That's a miracle in and of itself. If you know anything about sheep, uh, they're not the smartest animal, not the sharpest tool in the shed. They're like cats. You can call to them all, their, all you want, but they're not going to come to you unless they want to. And even then for sheep, they usually aren't even listening. And yet he's able to step in and say, come, and they do. It's a miracle. And he says that they know his voice. They know his voice. And when some other stranger or a thief or a robber is going to come, they're not going to listen. They're going to run and hide because they only follow the voice of that shepherd. I wonder how much we are in need of that today, church, to hear the word. Where our, the Augsburg Confession tells us that the church is the place where the word is properly preached and the sacraments rightly administered. And that we need the scriptures, we need Christ to speak to us regularly. Because we have so many other voices, so much other noise around us that we need to hear that the Lord is our shepherd, that we want for nothing because of that. No pandemic can change it. That he is one that makes us lie down in green pastures and the places that will feed us, but he also walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. And some of us feel that we are going that direction now. So we are set to have our ears opened to be able to hear Christ speak to us. I was reminded this week of a study done a little while ago by the National Institute of Health that says that one in three young people between the ages of 13 and 18 will have a major anxiety disorder. One in three. And over two-thirds will have an issue with anxiety. And they, they pinpointed three reasons. One, they said, said is the, the achievement issue, the expectation issue, that, that from a young age, uh, many of us have parents, as parents have said, well, well, we have to go to this preschool because we have to get into this program at this school so that we can get them into this college so that then they can have this job and be successful. 
that from an early age we have them in every sport because we have to keep them you know, keep going with the Joneses here, keeping up with the Joneses for all things. And our kids are not able to handle that. This expectation, almost as though we are being the thieves, stealing from our children the opportunity to hear the shepherd, to have rest. Secondly, it spoke of the, this, this fear culture, this anti-risk culture that we have, not realizing that life is risk that we do so much to protect our kids, which we should. We want to keep them safe. And yet they walk through life then thinking that life is to be feared rather than life is to be a gift. I was reminded too, as I was working on this, uh, two movies, one, Finding Nemo, and the other, Secret Life of Pets 2, both marketed to children both marketed to young people, both of them having a similar message. In Finding Nemo, I'm always struck when his dad, Marlon, says to Dory, well, I promised him that nothing, I would not let anything happen to him, he says. And Dory has to say, well, that's a silly promise. If you don't let anything happen to him, then nothing will happen to him. And in The Secret Life of Pets, it's all about this dog that used to be the king of the castle in this house with his other pal dog in this apartment in New York. And his owner gets married and they have a child and he discovers all these scary things about the world and he develops an anxiety disorder that makes him scratch all the time. And the movie is about him regaining his confidence, regaining his desire to protect and yet not be afraid. And these are marketed to children, marketed to kids. And yet as a parent and as adults, the message rings for me that fear can become a poison for us. And yet fear is part of life. You're not alive if you don't have fear. And yet here the National Institute of Health says that that fear has led, that fear culture has led to, an, to anxiety disorders in one third of our young people. And then finally they talk about social media. Just media in general, noise. All the voices, all the other shepherds trying to speak to us, trying to take us away. And they don't have a chance to shut off because they spend 8 to 12 hours a day in front of a screen, whether it be TV, computer, or phone. Well, there's a reason why Christ, seven times in the Gospels, after he speaks in a parable or preaches, says, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. He also has an entire parable about the word of God, the, the parable of the sower and how this, the sower goes out to sow seed and he's a bad farmer because he's throwing it everywhere. It's landing on the path where the birds are eating it and it's getting trampled. It's, it's landing in the rocks where there's no good soil so there's no roots and they get scorched up. It lands in the thorns where they get choked out. Then it lands on good soil where, where the, the crop flourishes and Christ eventually says, well, that's the word of God being spread. And that, that on, the, on the path, the devil comes and just takes it away. And that on the, the, the rocky soil, it's that we, we accept it with joy and yet the anxieties of life come. There is no root and, and we get burned up. And then in the thorns, it's, it's where the, the 
pride of life and other things come in to choke out the word so we don't hear it. Then you have the good soil. It's just soil to take on that word. Christ to preach to us, to speak to us in his gospel. We also hear in Matthew chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 9 that Christ came teaching, preaching, and healing. And in Mark chapter 1 verse 38, it says that he came in order to preach the good news of the gospel. How much good news are we in need of, church? How much good news do we need in our lives right now? On John 5, Jesus has just got done healing. Again, he healed a man on the Sabbath who was a cripple. And that created an uproar too. But then he says this, starting in verse 24, Truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly I tell you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. God's word being powerful enough that even the dead hear it. Dear church, I wonder if we are in need of just a word of Christ today. That we are in need of hearing the voice of the shepherd to come to us, not to steal and kill and destroy as the thieves and the robbers do, but to come that we might have life and to have it abundantly to speak into our ears that word of life. People who have gone through life and been told that they're nothing usually attack that allegation in two ways. Either one, they go right at it and they try to prove it wrong, but the problem is is that they spend their entire life trying to prove that they are nothing and they never meet a place where they finally say, okay, yes, now I'm something. And the other route is to actually believe it and spend their entire lives crushed, abandoned, anxious, depressed. Well, Christ comes to us right now, church, in our fear, in our anxiety, and he says to us, even though one may die, he shall live in me because he believes in me. He says to us that he has come that we might have life and have it abundantly, that we can't find life except in him. Church, I beg for that voice to speak in your ears today, that the shepherd might come and take you away from the distractions of the world, take you away from the news stories, take you away from the fear and the anxiety. Not that we go out and live our lives haphazard, but that we rest in the knowledge that we have a shepherd. He is the Lord and he is going to breathe with us both in the green pastures, and in the darkest valleys. And to this, we say thanks be to God. Amen.